Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are excited to be here today with male porn actor and filmmaker Hunter S. Johnson. In this conversation we speak about how Hunter grew up in a Catholic home, got interested in porn and found out what porn he doesn't want to create. And how he found out porn and sex work is a business and started get into it as an actor and creator to make better porn. I am excited to let you guys listen to this fantastic episode. Let's get to it. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. So Hunter, who was Little Hunter when you were... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just li- Little Hunter. <laughs> oh, hey there, I'm Little Hunter. Nice to meet y'all. Little um, Hunter when he grew up. Oh, God, an absolute fucking dweeb. We can what swear. is a dweeb? We can swear, right? Where are you from? I am from Michigan. I am from I am from uh, northern Michigan, actually. Deep, deep in the country. I mean, boondocks of boondocks. My uh, driveway was at least half a mile long, and I had to snowblow it almost every morning. We had a we had a wood furnace in my apartment. I had to cut our house, cut down like, 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 acres of trees every winter to keep it going very very country wow so little me was oh god a dweeb is a kid who finds an old baseball hat puts a red visor on it has targeting things on the eyes because he loves bugs and he's a bug terminator he's gonna go out there and use this baseball helmet to pretend that he is the bug man that's a dweeb a little nerd Nerd. Oh, yeah, that's the best way to put I it. love nerds. A little nerd. Okay, so do you love little you? 
I that's a weird question, maybe. It is, it's deep as hell. I mean, that is this is this is we're going straight into the psychology. <laughs> Let me give my little self inside a hug and say that we are Yeah, no, I love In a better place. <laughs> in a better place than we were back then. Yeah, no, I love little me. I love the idea of it. I spent way too much time absolutely hating the younger version of myself and feeling so ashamed of every decision that I made and blah 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 blah. It, learning to love that side of myself and learning to find care for that side of myself has been a fucking wild ass process. And yeah, no, I mean, like when I was a, when I was a kid, kid, I was, I would, I, I, no interest in sports, no interest in doing anything like masculine. I would play baseball and sit out in left field, like trying to catch butterflies and not paying any attention to the game. And as I grew up into teens, I feel like I had this this strange sort of uh, uh, duality between who I kind of was, this, you know, let's say more sensitive, nervous person wanting love, care, and affection, and who my family and society and everything else wanted me to be, which is masculine, manly man, gotta be, you know, tough. Provide for the family. That's so American, hard, right? Hard, absolutely hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, like, what do you, I'm providing for my family. That's that's what I hear every time I watch uh, TV. I watch a lot of crap too. You got y'all get out there. You got <laughs> got find stuff. You gotta get your guns and make sure your wife and your children are happy. That's what you got. And safe <laughs> and safe. God bless America. Get me my rifle. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I love it somehow, but yeah, it's it's difficult yeah, it's to a, deal with. It's really disturbing. Also, that was my life for like so long. Like I said, it was a very um, you know raised in the middle of nowhere. We were heavily religious. Um, like I Mormons. Not Mormons. They, my parents were confused with what z- sect of Christianity they wanted to be in. Like, we popped around a lot. Like, we were Baptists for a bit. We are Catholics as well. Like, this whole sort of thing. The through line was basically, like, we stick to these heavy Christian morals. And this life of, there is a certain life that is led by a Christian person. And this is the life you must attain to sort of thing. Like, there's abs- there were very strong rules on, like, you know, what is obscene and what is not obscene sort of people I needed to be hanging out with, stuff like that. I mean, I was, uh, my parents took me out of school in sixth grade and I was homeschooled for three years because they thought school was turning too liberal, too diff, you know, too, uh, imbuing us with the wrong values. So for three fucking years, I was, I had like next to no friends, had no social life, just my family. It doesn't, I'll tell you, it doesn't do good things. Must be also confusing when you were getting in, like, that sexual age. Wild, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I remember I went down to the um, the public library when we were on a camping trip, and I, like, really sneakily, I went in there and I found all the puberty books. I'm like, no one's going to talk to me about puberty. I need to know what this is about. And I brought them back, and my mom found them. And... She made so much fun of me, like Aww. her and the fat. She showed the whole family, like, ah, oh, look at this. These things got pubes and such. Again, not helpful for no. a thirteen-year-old oh trying God. to express this, their sexuality. Been in this situation myself. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, various, like different ones. Yeah, yeah. Similar vibe though. Similar vibes, exactly. Horrible. Don't, don't like shade the shaming for the sex, like sexuality. That's like painful. 
it comes in early too and it's so part of i think that upbringing that one must be it's it's weird though right because in american society there's sex everywhere and my mom was raised in the 80s where they were sexually open she was sexually but then came back to this religious lifestyle so one side of it's like talking about sex being assaulted with sex and media and everything like that but then when it's you it's absolutely fucking shameful like first time i went out and bought condoms my mom uh found them in my sock drawer and again was like what do you need condoms for you never threw them out because of course that would mean i'm having sex and that's completely off limits hmm okay so your porn interest then <laughs> it may does it make sense i don't know if it makes sense i feel like there's a little column exactly. a little column b and it doesn't i i don't know i really do think i've put a lot of thought into this that if one is raised hardcore by a certain set of values and if one is traumatized in youth to uh, 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 really be a certain or let's say force through trauma to be a certain way the human spirit the human nature is to go in the opposite direction or in my case it was more of a like my upbringing with sex was really fucked up like i my parents had a whole lot of uh, relationship issues and for some reason they didn't really have friends so i got to hear all of the sexual and relationship issues as like a 14 15 16 year old and it gave me this understanding of sex from an early age but an understanding of it as a transactional or bad thing or something one must do if they're going to be in a relationship this is a this is a thing that you have to do if you're married if you're whatever 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 it is to get kids to get kids mm-hmm. to to make your partner happy because i think that's a huge part of like the modern mm-hmm. christian culture is to serve, make the man happy exactly oh, yeah serve thy man take care of his needs sort of <laughs> so he doesn't get upset it's so wild but yes exactly it's oh i heard some um catholic wedding vows recently and that was in the catholic wedding vows it was something some line like um always be there for your man's needs and it's like bro why are you talking about fucking at this catholic wedding put it away <laughs> oh my god it's like do you really say yes If you say yes to this man you're going to have to make him happy. Every fucking oh man the just the this is what got me though is after seeing all of this I'm not saying as a teenager I was a perfectly formed, you know, like oh this sort of sex is bad. I will change that. Mm. But through my development and having this like sort of adult understanding of sex as a teenager being able to sort of see these flaws and how the system worked, I found that that's not how like it's supposed to be happy it's supposed to be joyous something like that and that didn't fit like this whole force this whole need this whole system of like almost oppression that says well if you are going to get something from your partner you have to have sex with them or mm-hmm. even if you don't want to the housewife <laughs> exactly exactly uh-huh. so i feel like that in on on the let's say on the better side of my development into this you know completely well balanced porn star you see in front of you like the better side was seeing that and understanding that and wanting to change that wanting to change the uh the things that brought people like my parents or people from other into this position where that's what they own that's the only thing they could believe that's the only thing they could feel and i don't think that's what the human spirit 
wants or likes, and that leads to a whole bunch of contention on the inside. Yeah. Hmm. So, but would you say that your view on porn today has changed? Oh, like since, like what you know, it's a it's a weird question maybe, but like if you if you think about how your view on porn was when you started looking at it and how it is today. Is there a lot of change or is it similar in somehow? Oh, so fucking wildly different. Oh, so, really? So wildly different. Well, you gotta understand, I was also raised as a traditional American man person, man-bodied person, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as a young man, I was just, I was shit. I had the worst views on sex. I remember honestly thinking when I got into the dating world of like, you know, roughly 17, 18, that to have like i sex to me was an accomplishment it was an achievement the more sex i had i could then feel equal to my peers around me and not feel as insecure because i'm a cool guy who's having sex all the yeah, time yeah very manly very manly and to that i i honestly start. <laughs> start to it right this is how i get man i feel like there's so many people who so many men who start this way and almost without a choice like this is the society i was brought up with i didn't have any other uh counter influences to bring me out of it only through the lovely grace of chance and amazing people who took the time to slowly help me learn and help me find my way into my current so set of beliefs but yeah no i i remember thinking back then at like 17 18 that women don't want to have sex at all because they're pure and there's no interest in it. I, I was I was shocked when I learned that women had sexual interest. Like, How old were you then? Oh, I must have been 18, 19. 18, 19. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... No, I was saying, like, you were very old when you discovered it, but I'm not shocked that old to be, to be honest. No, not at all. Why? Because some people believe it even though they are 65 or Oh, I, I got out of it, I think, in my early 20s. Like, you were young. got out of it. Yeah, exactly. I was young. And young men are absolutely trash. Men are trash. Young men are extra trash. <laughs> Just a fact. Um, they had less time to think about things. Less time to think about things, less time to form themselves, and the things that they are formed into are, are the things that are useful to society, which is patriarchy, strong young men, fighting spirit, at least from my society, all these things, and constantly being formed into what is good for that society. I am better than women, I am stronger than women, blah, 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 all these things, right? Yeah. God, I'm so glad I got out of that. Yeah. Mostly, maybe. Let's see. Am but I like, <laughs> but I'm, so your parents know that you do porn today? <laughs> kind of. I mean, uh, my mom, after my parents got divorced, uh, my mom had a complete change as a person and like really became a lot more open, really became a lot more accessible. And I feel as though. It happens, I've heard. It happens, but, yeah. and I feel as though, like, she dropped the religious aspect almost completely, and I feel as though, like, it was almost forced on her from this, right? So I've talked to Good her about her. it. Right, I feel mm. so, honestly, being able to converse with her as a as a human and her apologizing for a lot of the, you know... Wow. It was, it was great. It was actually fantastic. So I talked to her, and, like, she still has, you know, she'll go through a period where she'll just text me and be like, are you sure you're okay? I just want to be, I want to be sure you're okay. And I'm like... I'm fine. I it is. It's it's mom stuff, right?
but no, I've explained to her like why I do this, what I want to do, what I want to change in the world. Okay, she went. She meant, are you okay because you're doing porn? Yeah, no, <laughs> I no. Thought she yeah, was yeah. checking no. on you. No, no, no. Okay, because I'm doing porn. She's more like, I just, uh, I just don't know. And I'm very glad she didn't do the thing that I hear from so many parents, which is like being okay with straight porn but not okay with gay porn. Like she, what, what, she's. This is her view. No, no, no. no. I think no. a lot of people from, lot of people from other porn stars I've heard, I've talked to who've opened up their parents, like the parents that say, well, as long as you're not taking any dicks in your ass, then I'm fine. Stuff oh. like that. It's, okay. which, that would oh, change a lot. Obviously. Oh my God. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, but she's not having those <laughs> ideas, right? No, 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 no. She's actually quite fine. She's, she's down with the gays. She's a happy modern woman. Oh wow! Look at the I know wow, involvement. Right? Yep, yep, yep. I think a lot of that has to do with her uh, interactions with me and my younger brothers. Like I, I uh, before this, let's say this switch. Like I was heavily into the Republican Party as a kid because that's hardcore conservative, hardcore everything. Like I went to Baptist camp every summer and would for how long time? Oh, like six um, weeks. Yeah, yeah, like like two weeks actually, oh, two, two weeks, weeks of summer. Yeah, not still, crazy, crazy still long, intense. but still intense. Church three times a day, sometimes. But um, then uh, the big change happened when. Do you know Michael Moore, the filmmaker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked for so I was eighteen and got an internship with Michael Moore <gasps> and was introduced to this whole other world. Right. So wow, that's definitely weird for you as a Republican to be, buddy. you know. Must have been refreshing. It was nice. I mean, I, I'd already started having arguments with my parents about this because, like, I almost got disowned for working with Michael Moore. It was a very, very Republican household. But it was so refreshing. And it really let allowed me to have other viewpoints and start really opening my perspective. And that's exactly what led into me then pursuing porn or starting to look into porn. Because like, I was doing filmmaking, right? So I was, I, or I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I had my my super fancy Canon GL2 back then. At the day, this is, I was so proud to have it. I spent like eighteen hundred dollars on it. It was a super nice, like semi pro camera that still had tape decks in it, right? And then the next year, DSLRs started having um, a, a, a video capacity, and they were completely <laughs> outdated. I'm like, fuck. Oh no. Starting out, I'm just curious about this because starting out as a porn filmmaker, when you're just, I don't know, maybe you had a community, maybe you had some connections, but is it like filming yourself, wanking, or <laughs> how do you start out? You know, I mean, back then, this is this is before camming even was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is the weird uh, that let's say this was 2009 or so, there's this kind of weird through period where the tube sites had just sort of come onto the stage in 2004 or so, but we weren't at this sort of OnlyFans camming way that the porn industry is now. So, no, it isn't, because then I would have only made VHS copies of it, distributed to people on the street, and nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody, nobody's out on, nobody's lining up the highways of northern Michigan with some dude, hey, want to buy VHS. I'm, <laughs> I'm masturbating. It's really good. Come on, take, take 10 bucks. I don't think that, yeah. Yeah, well, the line is going to be small, but there is going to be a line. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Oh, oh, oh I needed some affirmment there. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just one dude who continuously, like, comes out of the bushes. I'll take one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, at least. But how, how did you? Um, oh, God, do you remember Craigslist? 
yes, but I don't understand how it works. So crazy. Like I got these emails, but I never understood what it was. Yeah, that's right. And was it uh was it like very popular at all in Europe? I know I found it a bit here. I think so. Yeah. So it was it was another um uh, victim of the FOSTA SESTA laws that were passed. They had to take so Craigslist used to have a personal section where you could like uh, man finding man, woman finding woman, man man finding woman woman, sort of you know, things like that. And they had a bit of like sex work offerings in it. And I remember I was looking through because I'm like, I want to keep on working in the film industry. I want a film job. And a local sex toy company had said hiring filmmaker want to start a porn uh, site, porn uh, series. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. could I? That sounds super exciting because I was always this through this like the entire through thing of my like yo- young adulthood was obsessed with sex absolutely i love and not even just in that like you know horny teenager way but just like love learning about it love being part of it just love all this stuff and this felt to me at that point just just edgy enough that yeah i want to do this and it interested me right um so i contacted the guy and i how do i explain this as my first porn experience this is the most perfect porn experience one could have in like the god-awful disgusting mainstream porn world of the of the past right so it's this guy in his back office at his sex toy store off the highway and uh he introduces me to what he wants to do he's like yeah i want to make a few videos of my girlfriend you know she's really hot she's really fucking hot i found you you really like her so like yeah sure you could do this 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 we come up with ideas and i come out to his house where his girlfriend is I'm 19. His girlfriend is 18. She had gone to high school with me. And I'm like, hey, didn't know it was you. This dude's like 45. And they had entered into a, um, this is like, I'm not even going to call it a BSM relationship. Like, it was crazy abusive. Now looking like, at 19, I had no idea what was happening. I'm like, oh, they must just like it. But looking back, the wildness of it. She ran away from home, living with a 45-year-old who has her in a strict 24-7 BDSM relationship with a, uh, a posture collar all the time. And, oh man, it was just so fucked up. Like everything about it. We shot, I mean, my footage was fantastic, I would say. But the situation, everything of it, I didn't understand for a long time just how fucked up it was. Because I don't think she really even wanted to be going into porn. I think that he suggested it because he was, quote unquote, a veteran of the adult industry. And She's like, yeah, sure, I can, I can do that because she's in a quote unquote BDSM relationship. It uh, kind of. Also, it's like, well, you gotta pay rent somehow, maybe. Oh no, she was living with him too. Yeah, but he could say that. Absolutely. You you never know. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like, oh hey, you want to keep? Yeah. Like we shot scenes. I shot all of my first porn. Uh, we I remember one of the shittiest points of it was they wanted to shoot a um, boy girl scene. And to find a guy, they put up signs in all the stores, just like a printout of her face. And do you want to fuck this with the telephone number underneath? So they found this guy and he showed up to the hotel room and he was just like, there was no STI testing, nothing, nothing, nothing. He was literally, dude shows up. All right, you fuck her, I'll record. They had- I really know, like I really understand by hearing you. Sorry for interrupting. Don't go for it. I really understand when hearing you out, like about this. Where porn got a bad reputation from. Yes. So much of it was this. So much of it was older white men 
controlling what they want to see and having no checks and balances in it whatsoever, say, feeling entitled to do anything that they want and having the ability to do anything they want because there's no, there's no oversight. This dude could do whatever the fuck he wanted in this situation, and he did. So yeah, the guy, the, the, we'll call him the, the talent, shows up. And he hadn't been told that the producer, the guy who's setting this up, is the performer's boyfriend. So he gets really nervous because here's this big dude talking about how he's dating this woman. He's like, uh, uh, uh. And the guy, you know, one of the things that you don't want to do if someone's, if a male performer, penis-wielding performer, uh, is nervous on set, make that person more nervous. It's not great. It's so going to take a lot of time to shoot the film, though, no? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so his answer was, what, you got a problem? Does that make it weird? What, you don't like her? And he goes, oh, sure, sure. So he could not get hard at all. And this isn't, this isn't like, you know, this isn't a guy from the forward-thinking Berlin queer community. Where what year are we on? This year is this? 2009. 2009 still, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. So he, we, we ended up like, oh, God, it was so awkward. We ended up shooting about 30 minutes of, you know, him just trying to keep it in her, like, pussy lips, so-and-so. While the producer looked on and disgust and kept on saying weird things. This time, this guy drank an entire fifth of Captain Morgan. And then when he was done, he's like, okay, bye. And drove the fuck out, drunk as hell. And I'm like, maybe I should stop doing this. Oh, but they didn't have Viagra or something to help him. No, no, because the, the, the assumption is and was, it's the same reason, like, in the mainstream uh, industry for the longest time, um... Male performers got paid, do get paid still, uh, much less than female performers because a lot of the assumption is is that, well, they, they, they get to have sex. They're excited to have sex. It is part of the payment. So I think that was the idea that he was running under that. Oh, well, why would I even her? She's hot. He wants to fuck her. Um. So, I don't know. Add up a bunch of these uh, experiences on this thing. And, oh, man. It was, it was for me, I'm so happy that I had that as my first porn experience because it immediately taught me, I don't want anything to do with this. This is, but instead of thinking, I don't want anything to do with porn, I'm like, this could be better. We could absolutely do this in a completely different way, have some empathy, and this could have been a fun shot. Fast forward. <laughs> So, so how did you did you uh, start again then? Like, did you start when you arrived in Berlin? You know, like, how did you get to where you're at now? Oh, God, it was a whole bunch of, like, um, <laughs> difficult situations that led me more or less to where I am now. Um, I had to take a break for a couple of years after that. Again, the whole uh, family thing. My parents, I uh, was... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I was trying to leave the house, and they found out I was shooting this porn, and it was it was a dishonor on the family. Absolutely, the family name was being besmirched. So I took a break. And then ended up moving to Dublin for a while and came back. And this is 2000, I think, 13, 14 or so. Camming was becoming a massive thing. And I had a partner at the time. We talked about it and we're like, we could absolutely do this. We could. We are hot. We are. Look at us. We're, we're hot and we're business people. Like, instead uh-huh. of like, and we thought about it and we really did. I think half of sex work, like doing sex work, is that it has to be work, right? It's. I get so many people talking and asking me, how do I get into this? How do I get into that? Isn't it so easy to make? You guys just make money so easily. No, bro. It is uh, getting into camming. We researched for months and months and months. We put together actual folders of looks we wanted to do. We went into the chat rooms of other people to figure out what worked and what doesn't work. And from that, built an entire persona. You just got it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it. We just. I am so amazed by people who just get these things. Like you know, like understand. It's also the same thing we just said before. Like some people just got that social media was a thing. <laughs> I did never get that. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be over in a year. Like I was like last one on Facebook. <laughs> MySpace, MySpace is gonna make a comeback. I swear to God. I was never on MySpace. Oh, I'm sorry. You never <laughs> got to be friends with Tom. Tom was such a great guy. I I, I know Tom like from the little mm-hmm. picture, but I never. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think I ever had. I don't think I ever had it. No. I think he was my first friend. Yeah, he never changed. He never. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he never got older. No. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um. With camming, I feel as though that was like, for me, it was a ticket to get out of my hometown to really dig back into sex work. Because I found, I don't know, at this point, I don't, I hadn't, I didn't have fully formed ideas of what I wanted to do in this world. I just wanted to, like, do something that I could have fun in, that I could, like, really enjoy and work from home. And camming filled all of those things. And, I mean, I was a horny-ass person. I still love sex. And I I like the idea of building my own business, like building my own brand around this. Can I ask? Please. Did you, because having been so shamed around sex, were you ever feeling, like, how, when, do you know if there was a moment when you stopped feeling guilty after her, like, touching yourself and having sex <sighs> until you were like, ooh, this is only good and amazing and freedom? I mean, like, what year is it? It's 2023? December 2022 or so I it's still it's always gonna I think it's always gonna be somewhere down in the the issues because of a lot of the things that I've experienced that I have to go have to do with sex it is like for me and for a lot of other people it came off as a deeply traumatic thing and ruined I won't say ruined but made something that could be just clearly cleanly beautiful difficult I feel like this is incredibly fucked up so yeah no i still i felt shame for ages and ages and ages about masturbating about having sex with other people about the way i would have sex about kinks about because i mean i love kinky shit i am very very into whatever i I think my kink is other people's kinks whatever they're into that's beautiful 
when someone's really into something and it's like gets this them to come immediately. This is the director mood also. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it's a good director mode, you know, like oh, get it, get it, you know, like right? cheering on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is why I feel like we'll get to that later. I was gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, um, shame. Shame. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The happiest topic to talk about. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I really do think that it took me a very long time, a lot of soul searching and a lot of therapy to be able to figure out why I feel shame around sex and what that has to do. I think like a lot of other people that grow up in situations like I do has to do with demands placed on us from other people, from the society as a whole. All right, yes. Let's get to it. Like how how you because you were in Dublin with yeah. your partner, starting to make an um empire. <laughs> Actually, the porn empire. We fucking hit it. We put we crunched the numbers and became. It really was though. Like we wanted to. Our goal was to move out. Our goal was to be make enough money to move out. And it, there's so many things that went into it. Like set design. We designed an entire like background for the scamming area, uh, making sure we had the right toys to start with. We were like, we really were worried about our identities back then because we're living in Michigan, and that is, we couldn't tell anyone, couldn't tell fucking anyone. So we did things like you know buy a, a tattoo cover up or contact lenses or a wig. None of that worked, by the way. I'd never, oh my god, try doing anything sexual with tattoo cover up. It is. Fucking just like anything. Don't sweat. Don't sweat. Yep, yep. No, no. Not even. Don't. Don't rub yourself on anything. Oh, yeah. oh shit! Now the now the dildo looks like skin. <laughs> but speaking of like how because you were saying before that you're not uh, using Viagra really like that's the oh no that's stigma. a lot absolutely used Viagra that's but still not it's not the thing like how do you keep it up for so long or like how long you know like there's so many questions about the whole thing and I find that this is honestly one of like. When we talk about male-bodied per, um, porn performers, that is the job of a male-bodied porn performer. It isn't fucking. It isn't anything like that. Sure, you have to be good at those things, have interest in those, but the main job is being psychologically fit and psychologically in the zone to do it because it You're is... You're selling them. It's not, You're it's, selling these... Well, I will tell you, dude, I will sell my, my penis-holding <laughs> brethren every day because it is not an easy job it is absolutely think 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 about this right so you get ready to fuck and you're you've you've just had sort of office chat with the uh set assistant with your makeup person oh the weather's really great today yeah 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 it's really great Uh uh uh-huh 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 and then five people around you you have you know we have your intimacy talk and everything five people around you are looking directly at you Lights are on, cameras on. Some guy's holding a boom above your head, and then they go and fuck. It is to be able to set all of that aside and find, like, find your own zone and find something. I think of it as like a job. You know what I mean, I'm the when I think about it this way, it's less of as a romantic or hot or sexy thing. Like I'm thinking about it as like this is the task. Here's how you get to the task. Yeah, but this is because you are working with it yourself. Yes. Everyone else is thinking, wow. Hot. <laughs> These can people it. can manage. They can do it long. They can do it good. Oh. They know. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is what I've actually been, I've struggled with so hard. I haven't been able to get hard on like the past 
four shoots, I think, because at some point, I'm a nervous person. I'm an incredibly anxious person. Oh, really? I can't tell. <sighs> really? No. Oh. Oh, sorry, I'll be more nervous than. <laughs> well, you can act, but yes. yeah, that's uh, yeah, see, I'm I on the on the inside, I'm screaming. No, it's I am very very nervous, and with if there are any thoughts of insecurity that come up in this, it's amazing to me how directly attached the physical reaction of having an erection is is to the brain. Like it is. Wild. Like all sex things, like it's so much in the brain. It's amazing, intense. Yeah. It's, it's so intense. Honestly, like this whole experience of trying to figure out why this has been a thing for me, why I'm not able to get in the zone, why I'm not able to feel it, get through. It's it's been an absolute journey because I had to get through all of the um, masculinity thoughts of I'm not man enough, I'm not good enough, blah 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 blah. That's been drilled in. Okay, got past that. And what are the actual reasons that I'm not feeling this way? What are the actual reasons that I'm not finding intimacy into the, in this? And it, I came down to it with like actually a, a lot of talks with my therapist who's been really great about talking about my dick. It's been great. Wow. Mm. This is interesting. Maybe a lot of people are talking about the wrong topics with their therapists. I say, everyone, if you have a therapist, immediately bring up your genitalia. They're usually very happy to hear about it. doesn't matter what the topic is. Just say, you know what? I've got a vulva. Bam, leave, pro leave, tip. Leave. <laughs> no, uh, uh, like, yeah, the thing is, though, when you, when you do talk to a lot of uh, male body porn performers, like, it, it either isn't a topic that you bring up or all they talk about is this sort of pass-fail. Like, I haven't failed on set once. I haven't failed because it is it's not a job for everyone it is this is the one thing that if i i get so many emails and or uh instagram messages from guys say how do i become hey bro how do i become a poor performer i want to fuck hot chicks too i just would love to put one of these guys in front of a camera and be like yeah okay you do it yeah have fun you could make a documentary about that. I, there has been made. It's been oh, made. It's, it's really oh, great. I Actually, it was an it. MTV show. Oh, really? It's terrible. Yes. So fun. Maybe you could remake it. Oof, even better. Because but you have everything you need to remake it. You I, just need a little budget. Just out of a, out of a, out of an empathetic viewpoint, right? Because that's that's what I brought it back to. Is for me, like, what I was at this one big shoot. It was the biggest shoot I've ever done with a set or casting crew of like thirty people, and. I felt it immediately happen right before the shoot. I was in a good place. I was in a good place. I'm like, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have sex. I think it's going to be great. Then I thought, I looked around. I'm like, oh my God, all these people are being paid to be here. If I don't do this. Oh my God. I hate and when the brain does this. That's to just you. it. Oh Fuck. my God. That was it. And as soon as it started, to, as soon as it started spiraling, then it spirals and spirals and, and didn't get better. And then that led to like, I, like four shoots of the, I would be fine up until like, this one thought started. If started, I fuck up, I'm fucking up for everyone. Everybody, it's <laughs> yeah. everybody's fault, or it's my fault, and everyone's gonna be so pissed. And now I need to, I need to be able to do this because it's a like it's this whole fucking thing. So after a lot, I've actually done a couple of shoots recently, and one thing that I found is focusing on the intimacy, like sex work in this sense on a porn set. At least for me, this isn't for everyone. Everyone has their own reasons for being on a porn set, but for me, I think. It is an inherently intimate thing to do. You are sharing a moment with your scene partner or partners mm. and having a bit of vulnerability with them. Oh my God, that's so hot. <laughs> 
It is. No, you're fucking right. It is hot, but that's the thing. I was totally not allowing myself to feel that intimacy. I was totally like, this is this is a job. It's it's weird if I get intimate because it's not shouldn't show any sort of intimacy. Found like on the last few couple of shoots, I've really sort of given into that. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to give myself time to get to know these people, try to feel it. And if there's no connection, then why would I do the shoot anyway? Oh, it's been so nice. Like, honestly, I've, I really found that in the shoots that I couldn't get hard on, it's been great to show from our small community of porn uh, makers here that there are values like ha- having a hard dick isn't a uh, 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 requisite for good sex. Being able to show that on camera, using hands, using mouth, using other thing, was fucking great. But I have a really nice cock, and I you want to show it. Oh God, I do honestly. It's fun. Well, I guess the little hunter is still in you. God, oh God, I mean, let's stop referring to him as a little hunter because, <laughs> as we've previously stated, he's at least an eleven out of ten hunter. So you'd like <laughs> maybe, maybe not little. I get nervous. No, I'm like, oh God, need perfect, to touch perfect, all the perfect, easy. I then, I, then we are both equally nervous, and I am happy. Okay, good. I needed I'm that. Yes, yes. Thank you. I was blushing on the ride over. Oh, here really? What were you I, thinking about? I was so fucking nervous. I'm gonna yeah. be talking on camera. This is very nerve wracking. Like. It is. It is. It oh. can be. I have not been nervous in a long time now, though. But you it, managed. Oh, yes. <laughs> We are now coming to the part of the podcast where if you're a Patreon, you'll get to listen to the extra material where we speak about how a day at a porn shoot is like, what Hunter needs to be relaxed at a set, and things he learned along the way, as well as some tips on how to get into the biz yourself. Go to patreon.com slash playful magazine. Oh my god, we're talking away. But business, how did you get to business. Berlin? Ah, uh, honestly. <laughs> exactly. So after um, after camming and doing that for a few years, um, I really, I needed a change. I needed a massive change. And I can't remember what my exact thought process was in thinking about Berlin, but I remember I wanted to come back to Germany and I wanted to be somewhere sexually open. And I remember thinking like, huh, I heard somewhere that people like, like to fuck in Berlin. I should check that out. So I started researching. I'm like, oh my God, this place is an amazing porn community. Like all of my, some of my favorite um, porn creators were either talking about Berlin or in Berlin. Like back then I was really heavily into Tumblr, like Tumblr, RIP, Tumblr, was what brought me into like, gave me a glimpse into this sort of like indie porn world that I love. Like you had people like Ashley Vex, Vex Ashley, um, making uh, content on there. Erica Lust started putting some stuff up. Uh, There was a whole bunch of this cinematically beautiful porn that I'm like oh, that would be so cool and like that would be so gorgeous this is what I want to do and I started bringing elements of that into like the the sh- um, the shoots that we would do for camming but then I, I would say the main reason I moved to Berlin was honestly to get closer to porn like that was my 100% goal I wanted to be in a sexually open place I was tired of having to hide that I like porn or like working in porn want mm. to be in it I got here the first thing I did, sitting down on my uh, the couch in the room I had rented, I looked up porn companies. And I found out that Erica Lust was actually screening her movies there the next day. So I went wow. there. It was like the first event I went to in Berlin, saw Erica Lust, saw the movies. I'm like, yes, no, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Wow. Yeah. I got to say, the community here in Berlin hasn't disappointed. Like, it's, it is absolutely one of the greatest decisions I could have made. I don't think I would be able to find such a just wildly awesome and supportive community of queer 
uh, sex positive, the right moral people that we have here in Berlin all working together to kind of like counteract what porn can be seen as or what porn is believed to be. The first film you ever directed yeah. also was nominated for the what's it AVN? AVN, Stupid Wild. And even in, in like in Europe or in our scene here, it doesn't have that much of an understanding. I don't even I didn't have understanding of how big of a deal it was until I started like connecting with people in the mainstream porn industry and like I just brought it up a few times. They're like, holy shit, what? It's actually kind of a big fucking deal. Like I, I had no, I really didn't expect it to be uh, nominated or chosen at all, any way, shape, or form. Sell the film to us. Okay, so it is a film, me and my friend, um, when I first moved to Berlin, we, he's a f- uh, philosophy major, and we were ta- I was talking about how I want to make porn. He's like, I think I can write porn. I was like, well, let's do it. And we worked for a year or more, basing off of one or two like philosophical like main postulations like a main idea right and building a story out from that so building from the idea of what is power who has power and what why why do we as humans constantly seem to put ourselves in power struggles and then putting that into a film so the concept of the film is uh a man is fucking his boss's wife his boss's wife does not like that her husband has power over her and this man wants to get power over his boss by fucking her and also power over her. So she, in this space where he shows up to fuck her while her husband, his boss, is away, decides to fuck with him because she understands that he's just there. He doesn't like her. He doesn't want anything to do with her. He's just there to get off because he wants to be have power over his boss. And the entire film plays with this concept constantly. Like it's those two, the power shifts, it goes back and forth, back That's and beautiful. forth. That's beautiful. You should watch it's it. Like, it's really good. Yeah. Someone always wants you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really. No, it is. And they they play with, they know what each other's fantasies are, and they play with the fantasies of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you, Um, actually, I'll send you a link after Perfect. this. Perfect. You're going to absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. That's really nice. Thank you. I'm looking forward. But then you were shocked. Uh, like, you created this. Well, I thought it was actually, so it's for... Did uh, you create it without pressure? Uh, yes and no. Like it took us, I'd say it took about four years of complete production time because I originally was going to be starring in it, um, with my ex Lucy, who ended up still starring in it. And I was going to produce it myself. And then we ended up producing it with Erica Lusnick's Confessions. God bless them for producing this with me. It was so fantastic. I was on my first shoot with Erica Lust and like they had, I'd sent in the uh, application for this. And uh, they hadn't told me, I hadn't gotten back, so I was, like, really afraid to ask. And they're like, hey, guys, we're going to make this movie? So over lunch, I was just chatting with them, and I was sitting next to Erica, and I'm like, hey, so what do we think? She's like, oh, they didn't tell you? Of course we're going to make it. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I, like, just started crying. She's like, oh, my God, this is so great. So as my... My dreams are... are yeah. It really was because, like, think about it. I, like I said, I moved to Berlin for this thing. This is I put so much effort into mm-hmm. kind of building up to this one thing, making a film that I like. I've created from top to bottom, and the chance to do that is just insane if you think about it. So yeah, I took about three years of production in total, putting it all, making sure all the pieces were together, uh, making sure I had the right cast, the right crew, everything like that. Um, and when we got to it, it turned out to be 
better than I thought it could be. I think it was, it was definitely, it was top five on X Confessions, the site for that year. I think it was top five in the top five most watched or yeah, for like a couple of years after that. Um, And then the AVN, which was insane. Like I, I didn't even understand how insane it was, but for my directorial debut to be picked up for best featurette, nominated for best featurette, wild thing it was it was really stressful though because it's going like i am poor we are all poor this is berlin and the the avns are in las vegas which is very far away so i like i had this whole thought process of i must be there i have to be there no matter what i have to do this and i had no money for this so i kept on trying to like force myself to go to this big event where i would have known any i wouldn't have known anyone um, would have just been kind of like a dude wandering around at a sex event like, hey guys, I'm definitely like not here to fuck, but business. Tiny around. Literally, I felt I was just so afraid of being, you know, in a corner somewhere because I, it was really, it was a really, really difficult decision, but I decided in the end not to go because I feel like I just won too much. And I didn't win anyway, so, you know. I don't know who cares who won, but you were nominated. But no, 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 exactly. Just <laughs> just being nominated is such an honor. It though. is, like, though. It is. No, honestly, it is. It's like, such an honor. And it's amazing, your first film. What the... F- that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. But okay, can we? Can you let us know last thing before we have to end? Last thing. Oh, boy. It's already that time. But can you let us know what you're looking forward to this year? Are you going to be in any films we may see somewhere? I am definitely, like, this is the year where I want to start producing my own indie content. So I have three projects lined up. Um, One of them is going to be about sex during a zombie apocalypse. The what? Sex during a zombie apocalypse. I'm sorry. Sex during zombie apocalypse. What's the name? Apocalypse. 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 Such a difficult word. It really is. Okay. Yeah, it's like not a sexy environment. My not at all. No? Yeah. And what's going on then? So I, I really, um, after my last film that I just uh, did last year with X Confessions, I found that I think my niche is going to be comedy. I love <gasps> Because you're also so funny. Thank you. I don't I've seen so. you on stage. Yeah? I know what you can create. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. But I mean as a performer. As a, as a comedian also. Like that kind of edge to it. I That's feel as though I feel as though that had some sexual innuendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen you. I know you can create. No, <laughs> I haven't seen you. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to like. Mm-hmm. Sure, I had sure, to sure. be very mm-hmm. clear about what that you were funny. I feel I, I feel a little bit like you know you're hitting on me at an inappropriate time, <laughs> and I'm just gonna say it like I feel as though this interview has become just oh, wow yeah I sorry <laughs> like you know I know I'm hot and people it, <sighs> using my power over you right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're not gonna fuck me you better just leave I'm not gonna publish this. <laughs> Oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> All right, anyway, zombie ac- apocalypse. Yes. Right. Zombie What's apocalypse. the hot part about it? So, the hot part about it is uh, so my what I what I've thought up is that um, it's two people who are stuck in a bunker who absolutely fucking hate each other, but they're both super horny. That's hot though, right? I yes. love I love that as a concept. The, like, oh, I really the dynamic between people who hate each other that's. 
Yeah. And have not really have to fuck, but choose like have to fuck that they don't want. They have and aggression. Choose. They want to exactly. like put the other person on mm-hmm. the spot. Mm-hmm. So put that with a whole bunch of like you know solid comedy to it, a bunch of hate fucking. I'm this one. I'm really excited about. I think it's gonna be great. Trying to find money for this is the issue. Anyone? Yeah, please. Uh, Anyone? You guys, uh, please, please. <laughs> if you have money and want to make porn with me, contact me. Huntress Johnson needs money. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say your email. Oh, no. Uh, I should do that, actually. HuntressJohnson <laughs> at gmail.com. X- Hold on. HuntressJohnson, XXS, at gmail.com. Please put in the headline, I have money, you can have it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> this was it for Playful Podcast this week. But please follow, subscribe, and listen to our next episode. And if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests, follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.